Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Terrence Houlihan. He's a speaker, author, and director of counseling. Terrence, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So the vast majority of our listeners and, and guests are, are business owners and entrepreneurs and executives. So it leans more on the business side, but I love the fact that you are a speaker and author and you are an education guy. So why did you decide to really focus on education, specifically the, the higher ed or, or students? Thanks for that question. I think to a large degree, it had to do with my own experience. And so regardless of your audience, all of us uh, in our younger years and even during our adult years have been in a classroom or some type of educational experience. And my experience in school was always the teachers who I felt like cared about me the teachers who used humor in the classroom, the, the teachers who seemed to come alive, those are the teachers that I learned from the most. And that sort of experience is what I wanted to bring to youngsters once I got into my adult years, was that I wanted to not just share information with them, but also connect with them. So that's, uh, that's really my drive with education. Yeah. And as you're sharing your story, Terrence, I literally have names popping up in my mind, meaning Mr. McKenna, who's my English teacher, and Ms. Longerana, who's my calculus teacher, and Mrs. Gannon, who's another English teacher. But what I'm saying is you right now are making such an impact, which I don't even know if your students realize how much impact you're going to be making. So I want to, again, thank and applaud you for, for being who you are. And now the book that you wrote, tell us more about that. Well, it's actually a, uh, it's, it's a chapter in a, in a book that I wrote, and it was about uh, students with uh, disabilities and the, uh, the college process. And students with disabilities oftentimes are coming from this place of, I don't necessarily wanna share the details of my educational experience for fear of discrimination. And we live in a much more litigious society, and many of us are aware of the fact that you know colleges really can't discriminate based on this. But it's really fascinating how much that stigma uh, from you know previous decades has still held on. And that chapter that I wrote wasn't necessarily for just students, but it was also for for parents as well. That. 99% of colleges and universities out there, and the reason why I say 99% is, you know as well as I do, that there's always an exception to the rule. But 99% of colleges and universities out there uh, do have uh, programs for, for students with disabilities, but also uh, don't discriminate with regards to students with disabilities. And kind of like yourself, where you wanna know somebody's story, colleges are really interested in a student's story so if, if that's an important part of their high school experience, then all the more reason that, that they sh should share it. No, that's great. And how come you chose, again, that's a very, very specific area to, to shine a light on. A lot of it has to do, you know, um, I think to a large degree, uh, 
if, if you've ever studied psychology and, and you learn about you know, the big figures, uh, Sigmund Freud, Carl Jung, Alfred Adler, I could go on and on, but for the most part, and I'm being very general here, Chris, if, if you look at their own stories, much of their psychology is based on their own individual experience. So to a large degree, you know, what I focus on was really based on my experience. And like I said earlier, I got into education because of the connections I had with people. But it wasn't until I became a parent that I really started to become interested in, you know, why uh, adolescents and teenagers do the things that they do. So that led me down the road of getting involved in adolescent brain development because I was a teenager before and I was raising my son and when he was 10 or 11, you know, he seemed to really like me or at least follow along with the things that I told him to do. And then suddenly he woke up as a 13 year old and he, you know, treated me like I was an idiot. He didn't really listen to me. Uh, so then rather than reacting emotionally, I wanted to really understand it more. So that led me down the road of looking at neuroscience. And of course, then I got into uh, ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, learning disabilities. So that's how I ended up in that area. That's interesting. Terrence, as you're saying this, again, I'm relating some of my own experiences where I remember very, very, very distinctly when my mother or father would drop me off. I would literally tell them, please drop me off a, 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 a street away from the school. And it's literally almost stereotypic, but it's like as a young man, at least for me, I'll speak for myself. It's like, I want to be perceived as cool. I don't want my mom or dad to drop me off. It's like so uncool, even though everyone had their moms and dads drop them off unless they had a car. But what I'm saying is it's fascinating how much we can learn if you have the curiosity as you do, Terrence. So tell us, since you are this educator, this thought leader in this field, and you are from New York, New York often is, is, a, is a bellwether and a pioneer. What do you think, just from a general standpoint, since you work with so many students, we're all educators in a sense, whether you're a mother, your father, your teacher, your counselor, your principal. So what do you think are some foundational things that we can all do more of each day to help and serve and to educate our, our youth? Great, great question. I, I think in general, if, if we have a little bit more knowledge of how our brains do work, uh, I think it will serve us in all of our relationships, not just relationships with uh, our children, students, uh, or uh, colleagues, um, business partners. All information really is processed in the brain uh, on an emotional level. Of course, you use your senses, like you'll see something, hear something, smell something. But in order for information to really be processed thought about, ruminated over, and then potentially be stored in you know, that memory section, it, there needs to be an emotional component. So for example, Chris, if, if I were to ask you to recite the ABCs to yourself, there's a very good chance that you just sang it in your head. And part of that is because the most powerful learning experiences that we've had are on an emotional level. You talk to anyone in sales, uh, they'll tell you one of the things that you need to do is you need to connect. Uh, and in this age of social media, of 24-hour news cycle, uh, one of the things that I think we're forgetting to do really is connect with people. So that's, that's my general message, is that there's 
there's not much learning going on if we're not connecting with people on an emotional level. And it raises such a great and profound point, Terrence, because education is about educating our youth. But frankly, if you're not connecting with them, they're not going to care, especially now with all the different devices they have to connect with online, but yet they still will never be replaced by things offline, which is someone like yourself, Terrence. So it's very profound. So as you mentioned about the whole brain activity and the brain development, what did you find fascinating about how the teenage brain is being developed? Or what are some things that really stood out where a 13-year-old, when you said your son is this beautiful person, and then all of a sudden he's like, yo, dad, yes. not cool. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, we could go on and on about all the stories. Uh, but in general, I, I think it was probably about, 25 years ago or so where we started to realize that the teen brain is actually very different from the adult brain. And part of that process of us in education and neuroscience and psychology and counseling was that I think to some degree we automatically assumed that because the teen brain is really undeveloped that uh, it's quote unquote less than the adult brain. And nothing could be further from the truth, Chris. So for example, one of the things that happens to us as we age is that our neural connections do get stronger, but we also lose others. We may become better task managers, but to some degree or another, we lose some connections with creativity, with our fondness for music. You know, I guarantee you, most people in, who are adults don't enjoy music as much as they did when they were teens. I can tell you exactly what I was doing the first time I heard Pink Floyd, The Wall. Uh, I can't even tell you what song I was listening to yesterday. <laughs> the you know average teenagers will go through eight classes in one day. They'll spend four hours on social media. Uh, they're connecting with friends, they're engaged in maybe a sport, not so much uh, today, and they're operating on five or six hours of sleep. Yeah. So as undeveloped as their brains are, they are sponges. And they soak up a tremendous amount of information, uh, but they just don't manage tasks as well. So, you know, for your listeners who are parents, if they're if they've ever gotten to that point of where they're ready to hit the roof because they've asked their son or daughter to take out the garbage five times, they, they're going to do it. It's just that they, they have to check their uh, Snapchat account, Instagram. They're going to see if, uh, you know, there's a snowflake, which could potentially cancel school tomorrow. <laughs> How did you know that was what I was thinking, Terrence? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Terrence, thank you so much for, again, providing your very insightful Thoughts. I remember I went to a graduation, a graduate school commencement speech many, many years ago at Pepperdine University in LA. And the speaker was an education secretary. And he had this profound line, which I'm going to share with you because it relates to what you do for a living. He pretty much said that soldiers might defend our freedom, but teachers create that freedom. So Terrence, thank you for creating this freedom for our young people because it really is the most important thing we can all do as educators or entrepreneurs. So Terrence, how can our guests stay in touch with you and connect with you? Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Uh, they can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Houlihan Speaks. And I also have a website, www.terrencehoulihan.org. Terrence, thanks again for your time. Have a great day. Thanks you too, Christopher.
Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.